Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome to Archer Shack Podcast. Uh, this is Archer Shack Shop Talk. I'm Jeremy. I'm TJ. Welcome to podcast number eight. I uh, had a lot of people talking to us this week about it. So got some text stuff in from last week. Some questions we'll go over in a little while, so that's cool. Uh, gun season started here in South Carolina yesterday, yesterday uh, Friday, so... Uh, the bow hunters are slowly dwindling down to a few, but we still got a lot of them that are hardcore bow hunters, so that's cool. Um, what are you seeing around the shop this week you want to talk about? Well, we had the crossbow come in that was locked up today. First one I've good, seen. That's a good story. <clears throat> Dude calls and says, my crossbow is at full draw or at cock position, and it won't shoot, won't let down. We're freaking out over here. Mm-hmm. So he was. TJ said, "Well, unfortunately, Parker went out of business, but bring it in. We'll see what we can do." So they come out. They get in here and they said, "That Joker cocked last night and wouldn't let down." And said we put it on the bed under some covers in case it exploded. <laughs> we didn't want it to blow out the wall of the house. Nah, but they did say they were kind of worried about it. Yeah. And uh, we pressed it, got the string, got it uncocked, but it wouldn't the the trigger mechanism quit working, so not good. No. Parker, I still can't believe Parker went out of business. I know. While we're talking about crossbows, let's just talk in general about some crossbow stuff. Um, by far, we've had more come through this year yeah. than ever. I'm talking like not as many as we had bows come through, but, I mean, it's getting closer than ever i mean a good number i think we've probably had somewhere between 20 and 30 crossbows this year yeah, dropped yeah. off the, and usually it's only like five or six yeah it seems like this year it's like crossbow after crossbow so it's something else um common misconceptions we hear is people think you can shoot a crossbow at like 80 or 100 yards and kill a deer i'm not saying you can't do that but I don't think it's a good idea. You know what I mean? A crossbow's not really, most of the newer ones are not all that faster than a regular compound. So in that 80 or 100 yard range, the deer's gonna hear all that loud noise and be way out of the way by the time it gets there. 40 yards, maybe 50 is my recommendation. Yeah. And I know there's crossbows on the market. Um, no, I ain't saying you can't, you can go outside with like a raven and it, I've seen people at 110 yards grouping them stacking them yeah but the time you know if you stood down there at that 100 yard target out of the way and you you heard that crossbow go off you're gonna move substantial bit before that bolt yeah. gets there i mean it's just i guess it's kind of like a you know with a compound it's pretty much whatever you feel comfortable shooting at i know yeah. people you know 50 yards is their max or some people say i won't shoot past 30 yards yeah you know it's just and Whatever a big, you feel a big thing about a crossbow that I try to tell people is if you do make a bad shot, it ain't like a bow where you can snatch another arrow out and have it right back. You're going to have to either crank that thing back or cock it or whatever and yeah. break your back or get out the cocking rope, whatever. And that's not something that's going to happen super fast in a tree stand, you know. But um, I used to hate crossbows, like would not work on them, wouldn't touch them, and then slowly, you know, have started tinkering with them and then we've never really out here told anybody no we won't work on it you know and i think there's some people that still do that around here so maybe that's why we get so many in but 
I mean, I mean, it seems like at one point we had 10 or 12 of them laid back here that we'd restrung or done whatever to. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is unusual for crossbows. Well, I think, with, you know, with the crossbow now, I think one of the things that I'm seeing or I'm hearing about or reading about is it's not, you know, in South Carolina, it's only been maybe the last 10 years mm-hmm. that they've been legal during archery yeah. season unless you had a doctor's note saying that you couldn't yep. draw a compound bow. Yep. Um, I really see, and I've been hearing a lot, it's getting the kids out there too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've got a three-year-old, you've got a two-year-old, so eventually they're going to, they're going to want to go hunting with daddy. Mm-hmm. So I see it as a good thing to get young kids involved in the outdoors. I mean, you know, you could take a four or five-year-old kid now. That's true. That's true. Cop the crossbow. Yep. And they can, you know, and I'm not saying just take them straight out in the woods. Oh, Let them yeah. shoot across the house and everything. Yeah. But um, you can get that four or five year old kid out there now, yeah, and let them enjoy it outdoors. True, good point. So I, I think that's where a lot of them, and there's been a bunch come in that their wives and girlfriends have. That's true. As uh, brought in crossbows to be restrung and worked on, and as, you know, they as few kids. Let's talk about price ranges and all that across bows because i've had people ask me that you know there's it's almost like a compound bow but even really a little more you know it's yeah. like you can get the entry level stuff from about 300 bucks to around five maybe a little less than five and they're still smoking fast you know 400, mm-hmm. 400 feet per second plus packages and all that and then you got the middle of the road stuff some of those are even now coming with a built-in crank, crank and all that stuff you know from about five to eight hundred bucks and you got the real good stuff that's, you know, in a thousand dollar range, but now you've got like the Raven and the higher end 10 point stuff that's 2,500 bucks. But I mean, this stuff, literally I've seen people post pictures of groups, you know, at a hundred yards that are just touching each other. Um, and I mean, you've got the mission, you've yeah, got those in there, yeah. as you, you know, some more of your higher end stuff. And it's just crazy. It, it, it is, it, it really, I'm, I think personally, I mean, you're still going to have your compound in bow hunters, but I can see, I can see the crossbows increasing in popularity. I think so. Just because you can get women out. I mean, not all women want to draw back a compound. Yeah. And it's, so you have that option now. So I I think it's a good thing in a way. Yeah. Well, I guess I'd rather see crossbows than everybody just pick up a rifle. You know what I mean? I guess if you look at it that way. Our gun season just opened. We talked about that um, last podcast. We talked about the PSC Bear and a few Matthews bows that had been released. The only other ones I've seen released was I think Bowtech released some Target bows, yeah. and I hadn't really looked at them, so I Me can't neither. say much about them. But I know Bear released their crossbow line. Yeah. Um, so should be coming up within the next month of Matthews and Hoyt. I got an obsession email, didn't say what they were, just we're about to come out with some stuff. So Prime's coming out soon. Won't be long. Let's talk about indoor season. It won't be long and everybody will be gearing up for indoor season. Usually around here, at least, right after hunting season's over, our indoor season starts. Really, we don't even have what I'd call an indoor season because 3D starts at the same time. We really don't get, you know, we don't have like, five foot of snow on the ground usually in january you can still shoot outside yeah. and uh but we do in the state have two state shoots the vegas three dot and then we have a 
five spot round and um i like to go to those but for those of you that hadn't shot indoor it is definitely worth trying out because it's all about like form but not only that you know you got a group of 20 or 30 dudes in a building you know you can really kind of talk and have fun and that type of thing and it's i mean i love 3d i'm sure more than anything else but you know in 3d you got your little group of three or four people and you walk around in the in the building you can go over there and chat with everybody and shoot and that type of thing but i think a lot of people get nervous about indoor because they think everybody's watching you but honestly they're not you know what i mean everybody's standing there shooting at the same time not not anything different i mean it can get kind of weird if like you let down a couple times and you're the last guy shooting and then there's a few people watching you but that's not usually the case definitely give it a try if you got somewhere to shoot indoor around where you live up here we got a club called kiwi bowman and they got a super nice 20 yard indoor range um usually there's at least one state shoot there a year indoor and that type of thing but a lot of fun check it out if you're up this way kiwibowman.com for indoor let's talk about like the ideal bow setup um because i people always think maybe you need a whole separate bow and all this and you don't you know you could even shoot a hunting bow but most people indoor you don't have to carry your bow you're standing in one spot shooting 20 yards so most people shoot a super long 39 inch 42 inch 44 inch bow um as far as like if you do shoot a slide bar what power scope you shoot is 100 percent up to you you know i know people that shoot eight power scopes but you see a lot of movement and then i know people that shoot two, two power four power is probably the most common maybe six but uh a longer bow is better because you're not walking through the woods with it usually arrows a 27 size arrows the max size you can shoot and that's what almost everybody's shooting that does it a lot mm-hmm. now granted again you can take your hunting bow and shoot there's classes for the bow hunter um and then as far as targets you got like a five dot and you got a three dot the five dot you shoot 60 times the x rings about the size of a half dollar um the three dot you shoot 30 times and the x rings super small like dime sized mm-hmm. and that one's the one and but it's crazy because like the x ring 10 9 it's all yellow so to me i got way too much room to be in there floating around and i have a hard time with it but the five spot it's blue and white but there's a big X in the middle of the X ring and I can see it, you know, through my scope and that's what I'm aiming at. So it's fun. It's fun. It won't be long. Get through hunting season. Let us know how your hunting season's going. If you're watching on YouTube in the comments, um, we'd love to know about that. But just starting to think about indoor season. Um, we probably in South Carolina, we're in early to mid October we probably got a good month and a half left of hard hunting and then it'll start getting pretty chilly. Some people kind of start fizzling out, but our season's open until January the 1st. And then uh, really the next thing's turkey season a couple months later. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of indoors. I mean, I'll shoot it, but um, I'm more of the 3D guy myself. But I've shot my hunting bow at, and on indoor, mm-hmm. so I mean, don't be intimidated that oh I got to go out and spend no. two grand on another bow for this or. To me, indoor is just a big mental thing. You know what I mean? It's like it is. You know you can <clears throat> go out in the yard and hit a dot at twenty yards, but can you do it sixty times in a row? And you know how it's just 
and you're not shooting at the same well you can they have single spots and then five spots for example but most people at 20 yards you keep shooting five arrows that same dot you're going to start breaking arrows so there's a point where you got to go to the you don't shoot at the same dot i remember when i did that when i was like i don't know 14 i went from shooting real good to not so great because i was just used to drilling them in that one spot and then i had to go to separate targets and it was different but it's fun i mean i'm just it's just not my forte i just think it's different ats show won't be too much longer january yep. back in indianapolis hopefully we'll take our stuff and maybe from the hotel room do i don't know if we'll i don't know what we'll do we'll do a live podcast or a something each night just to talk about what we've seen for a few minutes people in people always love it when i post pictures and videos during that week because there's always new products and a lot of companies will come out with a bow that they hadn't really said anything about. They'll come out with it at the show and that type of thing. So the surprise. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, I was talking about this with somebody the other day and it made me think to talk about it on here. We we're talking about like the, an ethical range for a, a regular bow. Like how far would you shoot a deer? And the guy I was talking to was like, man, if a big one walked out, I'd sling one at 80 yards. And I was like, no, I wouldn't. I mean, I want to know that I can, I know I can hit a dot at 80 yards pretty consistent, but I know I don't, I don't know how far that deer's going to move. You know what I mean? I'm not mm -hmm. going to chance it about, I mean, I like to have my shots close 25, 35 yards at the max, mm -hmm. but I mean, I would, I'd be comfortable at 40 or a little over 40. And after that, I just, I feel like the deer can, there's going to be too much movement because I don't care what you do. He's going to hear that bow going off. My my max range is fifty, but it's there is no such thing as perfect conditions. Oh, yeah. But you can get as perfect. Yeah. I don't, I've only taken it one time, and when I made the shot, I just felt great. No, yeah. I hit it was going straight in the boiler room, and as my air reached, she ducked. Yep, and I watched it go right over her back. And I need to look up somebody was talking about there's a some guy or some company years ago like 10 years ago that did all this footage of deer like their reaction to the sound and they did all this calculation of how far you know according to how far the deer is how much it could move and it was I'd have to I, I can't really talk about it because I don't remember what all it said but I, I'd like to research into that and they were saying like a super close shot the deer might move more and then if it's you know out near 30 yards he's going to be recovered back to where he was at by the time the arrogance there anyway that would be something i'd love to research on yeah. main thing would you know if you're going to take that long shot you need to be practicing oh yeah and you know we got people that you know they call the shot maybe I, well, i'm from kansas or out west or and they take i mean yeah they don't have an option they don't have an option it's like a spot and stalk type of deal i mean i talked to one guy one day and he said well he said you practice at 20 yards, 20 to 40 yards. I said, yeah. I said, I do shoot 60 and 70 yards. He said, well, we don't start practicing it's until we get to 60 yards. I've seen some of the pronghorn hunts on YouTube and stuff, and it's like that. Like, the closest they can get is like 80 yards, you know. It's just, I don't know. You know, I guess we just take our close shots for granted down here. And, yeah. You know. That's true. That's true. 
I mean, I personally like longer distance shots because I feel like at an up close shot, it makes me a better shot. Yeah. Um, that's why I practice it. Mm-hmm. 60 70 80 yards yeah. but now will i shoot at a deer that far probably not just yeah. there's too much variables and too much stuff that could go wrong agreed let's talk about something you were talk- wanting to talk about and that is feathers versus veins yeah the old i don't it's funny because like i guess it was more like 15 years ago now we almost had to Everybody was shooting, or not everybody, but a lot of people shooting feathers, and like the blazer vein came out, the little short two-inch blazer vein, and it was like somebody had invented fire because we were used to a four-inch vein, and they tore up all the time, soft plastic, you know, it was a mess, and then the blazer came out. I remember when they first came out, you could not get them to stick for nothing, and then they started putting the double coat of the activator or whatever on it to where it would stick better, and it's been, I mean, the blazer vein, love it or hate it, it's by far the most used vein or yeah. fletching out there at this point. I know back on old aluminum airs and everything, you shot a four inch vein. Or five sometimes. Or, yeah. yeah. And you know, I shot veins, but then you switched me over to feathers. Yeah. Because you shot feathers all the time. And I always shot feathers. I don't I guess just who I was around or whatever, but I always shot a four inch feather for hunting and a three inch for, for target stuff and then you know, again, fast forward, and they got the little two-inch, like, gateway razor mm-hmm. feathers, you know, and I put a, even now, I put, I shoot those and put a hard helical on them for hunting, and it shoots fine, so it's something else. Feathers, uh, a little bit of stuff, if you hadn't read it before, Gateway, uh, not Gateway, True Flight puts out this little information card if you buy a big pack of feathers, and it says, in their testing of feathers versus veins, a feather is faster coming out of the bow, which we can vouch for that through the chronograph. Right out of the bow, the feather is faster um, out to, I think it's 41 yards. And then it said from 41 to 61, the feather and vein roughly were the same speed. And then past 61, the vein was faster. So uh, I figure on the launch, the feather's laying back, getting out of the way, you know what I mean? But I, I just feel like it, if you want to call it, like grips the air better than a vein just sitting there. And then... The soft plastic veins, if you watch slow motion footage, they're all wrinkled up and crazy coming out of the bow. And to me, that's got to be doing something with the air flight. Mm-hmm. But um, feathers are, let's talk about the bad stuff of feathers. Um, well, the obvious one. <laughs> if they get wet. If they get wet, they, but they make powders and sprays and all that stuff. So that kind of takes care of that. I've even shot them wet, you know, pretty wet, and they still shoot okay. I think maybe when upon the release it blows most of the water off but yeah um they're a little louder yeah they are louder but i feel like they steer the arrow better but we hardly ever do feathers anymore just a few people and and me i even shoot feathers on my target areas me too but and i I just do it and know i'm going to refletch them some because they're going to get tore up particularly by (laughs) you i knew that was coming we went to some shoot and tj was just hammering every damn arrow I had feathers. I was like, I'm not going to have any arrows left, dude. So. And the bad thing is, I was not aiming for them. You would have thought I was, but I wasn't. <coughs> Bullshit. Um, let's talk about length of fletching. Uh, again, almost everybody's shooting a two-inch something. I do know a few indoor people that are shooting a big five-inch feather on a big 27, 12 or something, but mostly it's two-inch for hunters, mostly. 
AAE has some neat stuff out mm -hmm. that's a little bit longer, but still nothing over like three inches anymore. Who make does somebody makes one? I think it's they still make a four or a four inch. I can't remember. I know I can still get them from AAE and a couple people, but I hadn't. We got some. I just hadn't had anybody ask for it in forever. I remember the the PSC airs we used to sell back in the day. That was the only thing you could get them in was a four inch AAE. Mm -hmm. It was what they uh. The extremes were like white and green, and the yep. dominators were orange and white. I think something like that. Yeah, that's right, orange and white. I had to think for a minute. And I mean, the one thing I would like to do, and it is hard because where we're at, it's either hot or hotter or cool. You know, we don't have the major wind gusts like you do out west. Mm -hmm. I just wonder what how like wind drift and everything would affect a feather versus a vein i don't know that's I, something i've never i've never tested um well we don't we don't have enough wind yeah. sometimes to i've read what other people have said and, and most of them say that a small shield cut vein does better than anything as far as a group and wind drift and all that but i had never tested it so i couldn't really speak for it um but now i have shot feathers and veins at long distances on the same arrow and pretty much get the same result for the most part. You know, I've tried right and left helical. There's a whole big thing on that mm -hmm. we could talk about later, but ultimately you ain't gonna see a whole lot of difference. Um, let's go to, we had a, I don't know who it was, we didn't get a name. We had a uh, Georgia number text in some questions. So let's see how we can help let's see he asked to you know like a what's the comparison a three fletch versus a four fletch on the air hmm. that's a good one i um i've tested them but i've tested two three and four um i really recently though I feel like people went to four fletch because of john dudley and there's nothing wrong with a four fletched era mm -mm. but i think if you have a, if you don't have a pretty small fletching on it, and you do four fletch, you just got too much drag. You don't even need. So I've seen, I've done some four fletch stuff with a little bitty AAE, you know, inch and a half, two inch low profile veins, and they do good. You don't want no big, tall anything. Even maybe a blazer may be too tall, in my opinion, to do four fletch. It's just too much drag. Um, well, what what's the advantages of a a three I, versus a four. I, I would guess if you're shooting a big honking broadhead and you need more drag, you'd have two options. You could go to a four fletch or you could go to a longer three fletch with a more of a helical. Um, one of the disadvantages of four fletch is, well, everybody's shooting a biscuit or a drop away now. So I guess there's no used to, you had to worry about clearance issues, but I or, guess that's not really a thing anymore. Um, I guess you'd still, if you had a cable guard that was close and mm -hmm. you normally turn that fletching out, you know, you may have to watch it with a four, but. There's some bows out there I know that, you know, I'm so used to shooting my cock feather up or down mm -hmm. either way. Um, so, and I know there's some bows out there, the way that cable slide, that cable rod comes in, mm -hmm. it gets mighty close. And yeah. some of them do have clearance problems where you have to shoot your odd fletching out. True. So. I hadn't recently, I used to do all kind of testing because I was just that person but there's not time now but i hadn't recently shot 
you know, a three versus a four fletched arrow at distance to see what the group, because to me, that's the biggest thing. Like whether, whatever you're going to change, shoot it at 80 yards, you know, and don't just shoot it three times, go out there and shoot it a hundred times each way and document, you know, the group size and this happened and that happened to make sure you don't have like one bad arrow and all that. And it takes a couple hours to do that. But, mm -hmm. um, in general, I stick to three fletch. Um, I know Partain did some four fletch stuff and they shot fine. Like I say, there's nothing against four or three. When I shot the two, me and a guy were doing some experimenting with a two blade broadhead and I lined up those two. I put big old four inch feathers with my two blade broadhead and they actually shot fine, but it was kind of weird, you know, it was just different. I mean, I guess it's one of those, it's just a personal preference kind of deal. Yeah. I think a lot of people tried it just because they heard John talking about it, and that's perfectly fine. I think more people need to try different things instead of just doing the same old stuff and mm -hmm. test it at home. Get you, you know, now for what? 50 bucks? 50, 60 bucks. You can get you a fletching jig, <clears throat> several colors and types of veins, and and test it out at home. And it's really not that hard to fletch. Maybe we'll do a fletching video one day, but. It's really not that hard. It takes a couple times to figure it out, and you can test. And then not only that, but you know, test your tip weight and mm -hmm. different knocks, and you knock fit on your center serving. Just pick, most people don't think about that, but maybe what ten, five, ten percent of people want to test. Mm -hmm. and that's cool stuff. You can go out there right in the yard and test it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm assuming these questions was from the same guy. It was yeah. okay. Um, we kind of touched on this one a minute ago, but can you shoot a deer further with a crossbow versus compound? Or is how I got it worded, but gotcha. um, I'm assuming, well, we better not assume because we know what that does. Uh, can you shoot a crossbow further than a comp at a deer with a compound? That's, I guess what he's trying to. We Like you said, we kind of talked about that already, but the quick answer is no it's about the same yep um crossbow may be a little quicker these days but it's still about the same same game until really until recently i'd always said i've never seen a crossbow that could out shoot a decent compound shooter but like i say now i've seen these raven people you know grouping at 100 mm -hmm. 110 yards you know half dollar size so obviously you're probably not going to do that with a compound but for the for average crossbows and average Joe, I still think the compound groups better, but that's me. I think it's about the same. I mean, most people's not you know around here around our area and you know stuff. I don't think you're going to get that 80, 60, 70, 80 yard shot yeah. out like you would out west. So Agreed. you know, oh, well, I, I think most people's most people. <laughs> has got enough common sense to keep it within reason. Yeah. And then the last question we had, can y'all do a brief rundown and description of lighted knocks? So let's see where to start. So the, the really the first lighted knock was by the Burt Coyote Luminock company mm -hmm. and they're still around. Um, I don't know what year that would have been. I early, early two thousands, maybe I guess. Yeah, because they, if I ain't mistaken, they come out about the same time Easton come out with the axle, the first axle series. Mm -hmm. And I think that was around 2001, 2002. Gotcha. 
I think. But uh, anyway, so it came out, and they were kind of the only name on the block for a little bit, and then uh, and they're still good. Don't get me wrong; they're still. I talked to them at the ATA show this year, and they said, "Listen, we're really the only one still made all in the USA, got a good warranty, all this type of stuff." So, Luminox, good stuff. Um, Nocturnal. Uh, I'm just trying to think of all the brands. Nocturnal to me is the brightest by far. Yep. Sort of a pain in the butt to cut off because it's got a little hole and you got to actually stick like a knife in there and separate the two contact points. Yeah. But as far as brightness, super bright. Um, you got the launch pad stuff to where like there's a magnet or whatever on the riser. Um, Carbon Express makes them, I think now. Easton, I can't remember who. There may be several companies, but as it passes that magnet, it turns them on. I don't have much experience with those. I other don't than a couple. I, I don't really like that. But uh, um, the newest ones on the block are the Glory Knox. And they're, I think they're all made in the USA. They're wow. the easiest because um, you hold a button down, click it on the string, and it turns off. I don't think they're the brightest. I, I you know, I've seen where a lot of people having tr- problems with them not mm-hmm. working or, or uh, we were pushing glory and i still like the glory knock maybe the most still but we had such trouble even getting them in here i I don't know if they were having trouble making them or what but like we tried and tried and tried to order them and it was like oh it'll be another month it'll be another week it'll be two more months and finally i was just like all right i want to order some some uh nocturnals and be done with it but glory knocks the easiest right behind uh knock what is it knockout yeah knockout's the one that Kind of like, I think you have to pull the... Yeah, it's got a little collar. You can shoot it and it not turn on, or you can turn it and turn it on, and then you just pop the knockout. And we've sold those. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're definitely not the brightest, but they're easy to deal with. And they come with all the different size collars, so they'll fit almost any arrow. Yeah. Um, so that's good. What are we missing? Knockout. I should have research this beforehand there you got fire knock now fire knock they're super nice but they're super expensive and they take a different a special battery and Mm -hmm. you can reorder the batteries and all that stuff but as far as like precision well-made product those are great but i think one of those roughly costs what three of any of the other ones cost yeah but i've dealt with some of those they're super nice stuff I'm sh- the only thing you know. I like the Glory Knock. Number one, they're easy. They're easy to turn off. I mean, it's the easiest yeah. knock on the market that I know of to turn off. Yep. Um, they're a little bit. They're shaped. I guess you say they're shaped weird. Yeah. Um, they're a little bit fatter than your normal knock. So, mm-hmm. like we do in the shop with our inner knock ties, or if anybody uses the inner knock ties, yeah, don't tie those in by your regular knocks if you do it will pinch the air off i did it that's the reason i say that i found out the hard way um it lifted off the rest uh actually it popped off the string it pinched it off man and i had a i had a good little bit of gap because i knew they were a little bit thicker than my regular knocks on my carnivores Mm -hmm. and late late season last year i had a fox come in and i was going to shoot a fox and I drew back on it, and when I did, I heard, man, and uh, it come on, and um, luckily it didn't. It just fell down on the ground, but. Gotcha. um, So definitely. I'll tell you something else people don't think about is that lighted knock weighs two or three times what a regular knock does, you know, and they'll just 
pop in their lighted knocks like they do their broadheads and say, oh, it's good, but always, always, always try out your broadheads. If you're going to shoot a lighted knock, shoot them. That's the one thing I like about those knockouts is you can just turn them off yeah. and shoot them and then just turn them on when you get ready to hunt, and that way they're not doing anything crazy. But um, I'm trying to think, is there any – we're probably missing – I'm sure they'll comment, but we're we're we are leaving one out, but I can't remember what it cost, but I remember it was super duper expensive. The breadcrumb lighted knock with the uh, Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll see more of that in the future, but it hadn't took off yet. And if I remember right, you got to be still be within like twenty or thirty feet for that to mm-hmm. work right and it, to track it. Ooh, that was something loud pop. But uh, what else? I still think nocturnal is probably the most used and the brightest and all that stuff. Um, and they, a lot of companies are making them for crossbows. Crossbows, yeah. And then they make, make them for each diameter arrow. And then most companies have the fit, universal fit that comes with the little collars. Um, so I was just looking online real quick to see if there's a big one that we left out. For some reason, why am I wanting to say like a contender? But I don't think that's it. But they uh, definitely, when you're getting your bow set up, like TJ said, mention if you're using a lighted knot because most of them are fatter. And when whoever puts your loop on, if it ain't got the right gap, you can then use that fat arrow, it'll lift up off there or fall off or whatever. So, yeah, just, you know, and like Jeremy said, practice with what you're going to hunt with. Yeah. Um, I think I said it on the last podcast, but, you know, broadheads come with a practice. A lot of them now come with a practice head. Still, at least one time, take a regular broadhead and go out there and shoot it because you never know, you know, if it's coming out of the bow weird or whatever, and it'll uh, it'll show up, you know, it'll hit three inches left, and then we get calls. People either, they blame it on everything, the broadhead, the arrest, the whatever, but if it starts with the bow being tuned right, um well, and you know, you got some people that break it out two days before hunting season, fire three or four arrows off, and then they're ready to go yeah. hunting and not. And then they wonder when. Yeah. Yeah. I but, mean, uh, it's just like with a lighted knot. It's just like me. If I, if I decide to go with something else besides a Grim Reaper and I buy them, let's say I go with a Rage Hypodermic or Tripan or, or whatever. I'm at least going to take one. I know they come with a practice head, mm-hmm. but half the time I won't even shoot that practice head just because I don't. I want to know what that actual broad head is going to do yep. coming out of my bow. Yep. And I'll go out there and at least shoot it one time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll take three shots with it. I'll take one at 20, 30, and 40. And that way I know that one broad head, that that broad head is good, or if I need to make... Mm-hmm. any kind of little bit of adjustment mm-hmm. and i shoot a single pin so i mean most of the time it's just me okay i just need to aim just a smidgen low or a smidgen high just oh, yeah. depending on so let us know in the comments uh how your hunting season's going we're starting to see some pretty big deer shot around here it finally cooled off last week so we're instead of being in the 90s and almost 100 we're down in the 70s and low 80s, and hopefully mm-hmm. it'll keep cooling off. But definitely some deer movement happening. Um, lots of deer being shot. A couple, couple pretty big deer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I think we're probably getting closer to the rut, the big time rut. You know, what I mean, I've already heard of deer, a lot of bucks chasing does, but I still think we're a couple of weeks before it's like prime time. Uh, I've I've tried to keep up with it year to year with family members that get to hunt a lot more than I do and, you know, just friends and everything. But I hate to say, if you really want to know when the rut's kind of, just look at Facebook. Yeah. You know, if you're on like, we have a, you know, there's an upstate South Carolina deer hunters group mm -hmm. or there's this group or that group. You know, if you're in one of them groups and you start seeing pictures mm -hmm. of and or what I do half the time is I just go back and look at my trail cam pics and start yep. looking when I start seeing buck show up on camera or mm -hmm. getting a little bit of daytime footage of them. Yep. And you'd be able to see about when. But yeah, so check Facebook. If you run yeah. cameras, just look back at past years that you've got. And it'll give you a good idea of when, it, when it'll start picking up. Oh, yeah. Hopefully y'all's hunting season's going good. And uh, we still got a lot of people calling and they're either watching our videos or listening to the podcast and they're wanting arrows and bows tuned and all that. And we really, really appreciate that. Um, you know, we had some people wanting uh, just an example. Hey, I want this arrow with this fletching and this tip and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I just, it's on that type of thing, it's easier to email us. Uh, archery shack at gmail.com because we can kind of go back and forth and then i've got a you know i can look back and say all right here's exactly what they needed and what length and all that stuff but we've had uh, that happen and a couple bows came through that people shipped in from these videos and that's pretty cool um but let us know if you need anything um i put it on the last podcast but we now have a text line you can actually call it and leave a voicemail and say hey this is so and so let's talk about whatever and we'll we'll play it on the podcast if you want us to or you can just text it like the 706 number did and uh say hey why don't y'all talk about whatever you know try to be semi-specific not like hey let's talk about raw deads but like let's talk about the chisel tip of a muzzy or you know whatever you know let's talk about deer shot placement or whatever uh 843-560-9898 is that number 843 five six zero nine eight nine eight of course the shop line if you need to call and talk to us which we still appreciate people calling and saying hey we listen um keep going it's eight six four seven three five eight four eight four um you call us and uh, let us know whatever if we can do something for you and then again that email address is archery shack at gmail.com but we really appreciate y'all listening to us I'm going to leave them with a question. And, do it. And this is, I'm going to leave them with two questions. One of them hit me. I was just scrolling right here as we was talking. I dip. I want to know, and y'all, like I said, send us send us your answers or anything. Yeah, we'll, we'll post get, it. Post the, it. If you're watching on YouTube, you can post it below. You know, do you dip or use tobacco, any kind of tobacco products while you're deer hunting? And I've seen this before. What are your feelings as far as uh, using the bathroom in the woods while you're deer hunting yeah. in your spot as far as a scent? Yeah. Um, yeah, put it, in the, put it in the comments. Maybe next week we'll talk about it on the, what y'all said in the podcast. Yeah, that's and, just, I'm going to leave y'all with those two questions and yeah. see... 
because I've got an idea on my answer, but, you yeah, know, but we'll man. wait till next week for that one. But I'm going to leave y'all with them two right there just to see what everybody's opinion is yeah. and, you know, just see what everybody's take on it is. I guess we'll wrap number eight up and I uh, appreciate y'all listening. Good luck hunting. Leave us some comments and feedback and we'll see y'all next week. Y'all have a good one. Stay safe out there. See y'all.